Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Spud Chat. I'm Ryan Barrett with the Prince Edward Island Potato Board. In this episode, we talk with Emily Murphy, who's working with the East Prince Agri-Environment Group here in PEI. Uh, the East Prince Agri-Environment Group is a group of like-minded uh, potato farmers in the Eastern Prince County who are uh, committed to improving environmental sustainability and also improving yields. And uh, they have a project the last number of years on using willows uh, to prevent nitrate leaching and to the environment, and particularly to groundwater and surface water, as well as measuring the impact of willows at sequestering greenhouse gases. So we're going to talk to Emily a little bit about what makes willows so special and um, a little bit about their project as well as some other communications and extension that she's working on with that group. As always, if you have any questions, please feel free to give me, uh, send me an email, uh, ryan at peipotato.org. I'd love to hear from you. And without further ado, uh, let's listen to Emily talk about willows. Today on Spud Chat, uh, I'm talking with Emily Murphy. Emily Murphy works with uh, the East Prince Agri-Environment Group, which is uh, a group of like-minded uh, farmers in the East Prince area of PEI that are very engaged on topics around uh, sustainability, uh, as well as improving uh, the uh, production of their farms. Emily, welcome to Spud Chat. Thank you for the invitation, Ryan. Uh, I'm very excited to be here to chat about the, the wonderful world of willows and specifically how planting willow trees at field edges can be an effective strategy for growers to capture carbon, uh, mitigate greenhouse gas emissions and protect the island's root water resources. Great. How did you uh, get involved with uh, working with these Prince Group? I've been involved in willow research on the island since my undergraduate, um, and it's actually become the focus of my PhD thesis. Uh, I spent my first uh, co-op term uh, during my biology undergraduate working with Brian Murray uh, at the Agriculture and Agri-Food uh, Research Station in Charlottetown. Uh, at that time, working on the willow buffer trials that were out in the Wilmot Valley and Meadowbank. Uh, and then I kind of fell in love with the field work and continued working on uh, willows for my graduate work. I had been home in the fall of 2019, working on my PhD thesis, um, trying to get some writing done. And then I actually got stuck here uh, due to COVID that spring um, and was able to kind of connect, reconnect with Brian and see that he was still doing some uh, willow work on the island and that East Prince had kind of initiated uh, a continuation of that project that had been done uh, kind of in the early 2000s. Uh, and they were continuing the work to see if willows could be uh, used again on farm to kind of capture uh, some excess nutrient runoff that was happening and whether or not they could be used to uh, kind of as an additional step to mitigate the greenhouse gas emissions uh, on farm. Yeah, it's, um, there's been some, I've been hearing a bit about willows now for a few years and the uh, East Prince group I know has had this uh, project on sort of with that, that dual 
uh, focus of improving water quality uh, in the watershed, but also potentially sequestering uh, carbon and uh, reducing greenhouse gas emissions. So, what's what's so special about willows? Why why are why do willows sort of attract your attention, and why are they so good at at doing those things? So, willow trees are really interesting because they can be established like an annual crop, uh, but harvested multiple times over a single planting. Uh, so we tell growers that they can be harvested every three to four years uh, to maintain that buffer function with the added economic benefit of, as you mentioned, uh, providing an on-farm renewable fuel source. Uh, as a plant uh, in general, they're really fast growing. Um, they have these deep, extensive root systems um, and a really long growing season, which makes them really capable of sustained nutrient uptake. Um, they're what we call hyper accumulators, uh, meaning that they store large amounts uh, of excess nutrients when that's in the soil surrounding them. Mm -hmm. uh, and then when they're planted in rows, like in these buffer designs, they work together to act as both a physical uh, and a biochemical barrier to nutrients uh, and soil moving from the field. Right. And the, the types of willows that um, you guys are working on in these projects, they're specifically bred uh, species or varieties of willows specifically for this purpose? Yes, that's right. So what we have planted out in our 11 sites on PEI is called Salix viminalis, uh, and it's more commonly known as basket willow. Uh, so it was brought over in the 1800s uh, for that purpose. And then uh, in the 80s at the University of Toronto, uh, they actually bred the variety uh, in greenhouse trials specifically for biomass and bioenergy purposes. Right. So uh, and that's the other thing with these willows, right, is that they can be then be harvested every so many years and they'll grow back. Yeah, exactly. So um, with this variety, we normally say three years, but most bi biomass varieties, uh, depending on the site quality and kind of that uh, added nutrition that they're getting, uh, it's the harvest cycle is usually anywhere between three and five years. Right. So you are, um, those willows, they're intercepting, let's say, nitrates or phosphates that could be moving to surface water or moving to groundwater and, and accumulating those in the, in the tissues of their, of, in the wood of the, of the willow trees. Um, and they're also, of course, by growing and, and making biomass, they're uh, sequestering carbon as well. And then that biomass can either be used for uh, like wood chips for, for heat generation or for electrical generation or methane, like biodigesters, like it probably be used for a few different things, eh? It can be. Yeah. So, so with this trial specifically, we're exploring kind of two end uses for the willows. So the first being as a soil amendment. So what happens if we recycle the harvested biomass back into the soil uh, by adding it as an amendment uh, to the adjacent field and potato production? So I don't think I mentioned, but all of these sites are next to fields and potato production. Uh, and so this kind of particular initiative or this work is being led by um, Dr. Yufang Jiang and his team at Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada in Charlottetown. So out at Harrington, uh, they have some field scale plots where they've added the willow biomass back into the soil. Uh, 
uh, after potato harvest. And then they're monitoring those plots for uh, greenhouse gas emissions um, and uh, for the amount of soil organic matter, uh, you know, whether they're seeing an increase or not. Um, the kind of the thought or the hypothesis with this work is that uh, the willow wood chips have the potential to reduce nutrient losses in the field by immobilizing the nitrate due to their high carbon content. And if we're correct, kind of in our hypothesis, then uh, the willows, the willow wood chips uh, could be strategically incorporated in periods when excessive soil nitrate uh, and moisture coexist and, and there's, uh, you're seeing diminished crop uptake. Right. So they're a, they're a nitrogen sink. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So is that material that's being added back into the fields? Is that just a raw wood chip or is that uh, composted in any way or how is that being managed? So that's the raw material that's coming from the modified sugarcane harvester that we're using to harvest the willows uh, in the fall. And then it's being left uh, in a pile at Harrington to effectively dry. So then the moisture content is reduced for kind of one growing season. And then it is also possible these could, uh, you know, um, a farmer could sell these wood chips to someone that's doing, say, biomass heat generation or biomass electrical generation. The, the second end use is using the chips as a local sustainable, homegrown, you know, source of biomass fuel on island. Um, we actually, we just had the wood chip material tested um, by the Canadian Bioenergy Centre, uh, which is based out of the University of New Brunswick. And they found that our material has a similar heat value um, to a high quality wood chip that you would purchase to use in your home stove. And like you mentioned, yeah, so uh, we were actually currently exploring whether the material would be a good fit for uh, either PEI energy systems uh, there in Charlottetown, or if we could kind of alter our harvesting practices, uh, or maybe use a different type of machinery than the modified sugarcane harvester to produce a more uniform chip. Uh, that could be used in the province's newer secondary school wood chip heating systems. Yeah, so we are we are exploring whether or not there's kind of a market on island for the chip that we have. How many of these willow uh, sites are there in the province so far? So there's 12 sites through our trial, um, kind of planted in, in three watersheds. So we've got sites in the Kinkora area, there's sites in Kensington, there's one site uh, right in Charlottetown, um, kind of at the experimental farm in Charlottetown. And then there is a couple sites out uh, in the Surrey watershed as well. Uh, I should mention that we actually have about 10, I think it's between 10 to 12 other sites uh, of willow that uh, have been planted out. So um, kind of past projects um that are still that are still out there on the island so i think there's some that uh have been kind of planted on high slope land as i mentioned like there's a couple buffer sites uh that were kind of the first iteration of this so there's there's sites out on the wilmot river there's some sites out in meadowbank so i think kind of in total we might have kind of like 25 kind of willow sites on the island mm -hmm. Yeah, which is a pretty good number. So yeah, that's you know I, I know I've seen them 
driving around different places when I'm going out to field trials and I'll, I'll see the willows in different places and they're, they do seem to be very strategically located in great places to, to, to do what they're supposed to be doing. So now when it comes to, you know, finding the right place for a buffer strip of, of, uh, of willows, what are, what are the sort of the things that are taken into account when, when sort of deciding what's a good site for willows? Yeah. So I, I would say, uh, willows in general are, are very hardy and they're really well adapted to wet environments. For this particular project, for the East Prince project, we were looking at sites, um, kind of grass waterways or uh, grass buffers that farmers had left at field edges, um, just kind of to help with establishment. Uh, but really, as I said, like willows are very versatile. Like the, I would say the province likes to call spruce kind of the, the Swiss army knife of trees, but, but I would argue that that title should go to willow. <laughs> oh, very good. I know uh, the willows and around my family's farm are fairly thick and resilient. So the, the, <laughs> they are, uh, they are omnipresent uh, and they will thrive in just about any uh, circumstance. Uh, exactly. When it comes to where this goes forward, like I know uh, I've I've been seeing a few things that you've been putting on Twitter or that has been shared through some of the social media uh, with the um, East Prince group, that there's been some encouraging um, statistics that have come out of the research in terms of how much greenhouse gas um, these willows may be um, preventing uh, or, or maybe sequestering or some of the impact on water quality that we're seeing. Can you share some preliminary results of those trials with us? Sure, so we're seeing really um, promising results with uh, nutrient interception uh, in the willow buffers. Um, For our site, so for for one hectare of willow, uh, we saw uh, 130 kilograms of nitrogen and 14 kilograms of phosphorus uh, intercepted. I should mention that the the kind of bigger buffers that we had planted out 10 years ago, we're seeing double that. So there is room for growth kind of in that nutrient uh, interception fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we're also seeing that that nutrient interception by the willows is, is quite proportionate to uh, the agricultural nutrient applications that you would do kind of on one hectare of crop. Um, the other thing that we're seeing that's really promising, as you mentioned, is the greenhouse gas mitigation. Uh, and so one of our kind of our hot statistics was that we were seeing 29 tons uh, of CO2 captured annually in the buffers. Um, and if you do the equivalency on that, that actually amounts to taking uh, six cars off the road. So that's the annual emissions from six cars. Uh, and then we're seeing a lot of carbon storage in the roots. And this is a really important statistic that comes into play uh, because we are harvesting the above ground material of the willows every three years. So what's interesting is we, we went out last fall and we took an excavator out and we dug up um, some of the willows like <laughs> in their entirety uh-huh. um, and had a look at Uh, kind of the whole root ball of the plant. And we're actually seeing that for most plants, 55% of the biomass is underground. And so there's lots of carbon storage that's happening underground. Yeah, Yeah, it's the same as uh, a lot of like forage uh, plants that we grow in rotation with potatoes. 
there's what you see above ground, but what you see what's below the ground in some cases can be more than what's above the ground. And that's really important for building uh, carbon in the soil. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, one of the Twitter facts that we haven't put out yet that you might see soon is, yeah, we were going to say, you know, willows are like icebergs, you know, you only see, yeah, a fraction of what's actually going on, you know, in, in that buffer. Um, yeah, and then for the biomass itself, uh, we saw about 7.4 oven dry tons of biomass per hectare. But this is only in the first rotation for those plants. So they are going to become far more established in that kind of second three year harvest cycle period. Right. They grow a lot more after they've been cut for the first time. They do. Yeah. And so like we talked about earlier, they've been specifically bred for this purpose um, and they have a, an, uh, an innate kind of physiological response to that uh, coppicing or being cut back. Yeah. And so they're only going to the, the biomass generated from these sites is only going to going to increase. So I was saying like um, to growers, you should be seeing like a 20% increase in these sites. And we have been seeing Again, kind of pointing to that trial that was done 10 years ago, where they were seeing kind of more like 20, 30 tons, right? Right. Well, I mean, that's very encouraging. It's nice to have something that long term, it's both improving the sustainability of a field and improving the sustainability of a farm environmentally, but it's also helping to pay for itself a little bit too. Um, oftentimes I know in agriculture, we get, we talk about sustainability efforts and a lot of times there's pressure for farmers to, you know, make changes to operations for sustainability, but, you know, it always costs money. You know, a lot of those things, um, take investment and take, uh, and you know, they're worth the investment, but they do take some, uh, they take some money and they take some, some doing. It's nice to have a sustainability measure, which may also help um, help uh, cash flow itself <laughs> when it comes to something like this with willows. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think to that point, it, it is important to mention that the province, the Department of Agriculture specifically, has adopted this as a beneficial management practice on farm for farmers. So if they are interested in planting willows outside of the 15 uh, meter legislative buffer zone, um, kind of at the field edge. Uh, there is a pot of money there. I believe it's up to $5,000 um, to get reimbursed for uh, cuttings and materials for those sites. Well, that's very good information to share as well. Anytime there's incentives to do those sorts of things, we should be trying to capitalize on them. Yeah. Um, just a couple last things before I let you go, Emily. I know um, you've been doing a great job on uh, with the East Prince group on the social media and trying to spread the word. And I know uh, you, we've sent a couple things out um, through the potato board that you guys have supplied to us as well. Um, you're very good at uh, putting things in, in what I would say, uh, easy to uh, understand and, and attractive packages like some of your infographics and that sort of thing. Is that something that you're doing yourself uh, or something that you're getting others to help you with? Yes, yeah, that's that's something that I had started doing during uh, my PhD to find a way to uh, kind of effectively communicate the results of my work at uh, at conferences um, and uh, within our lab group. And uh, I had when I was out in, uh, at UBC, I was part of uh, a group called Let's Talk Science. Um, and they run a teacher partnership program where you go into schools and kind of 
give a talk on kind of bigger concepts to uh, high school students. And so as part of that, I, I had the opportunity to kind of do some, some kits and some science communication pieces. And so I'm any opportunity I can uh, to kind of flex that muscle <laughs> going, going forward, uh, I try and take. Yeah, well, I, I might have really... to, I might have to start contracting you because I know <laughs> when we when we sent out one uh, there for you about uh, uh, looking for people interested in Willow uh, in, in say a, a next generation of a Willow pro project, you know, Andrew was telling me your phone was ringing off the hook and it was just going crazy, and I was like, well, they're obviously responding to a little more attractive. Uh, infographic and and than what they normally see coming from me so uh it, it <laughs> you know it is very effective communication when you can put things in a in a visual way i find that myself um keep things uh make things a little bit more attractive and it definitely gets more attention yeah and i, and I should say kind of um i'm actually working on some infographics for uh the living lab initiative um and so Probably next week we'll have we'll have another chat about about some of the exciting results you're seeing in the field and, and maybe putting a fun little graphic together to uh, to let growers know what's happening uh, with those trials. Hundred percent. Well, um, my final question, Emily, is what, usually what I ask most of my interviewees on Spud Chat, and that is, uh, do you have a favorite variety of potato? Or if not. Do <laughs> <laughs> or do you have a favorite way to eat potatoes? I do have a favorite way to eat potatoes. Uh, we've been doing a lot more home cooking during the pandemic. Um, and I've just ventured into trying to make pasta. Um, I, I think last week it was we made potato gnocchi. Oh, which yes. Is, which is absolutely fantastic. So um, we, yeah, we picked up, I think it was, it was a bag of russets from, from, Clyde River. They had a little stamp on them, um, I think, from the farm that they came from. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we did those up in the kitchen, and they were they were fantastic. Yeah, and a potato, a little bit of flour, and yeah, and then some some butter and some herb on them. It was very good. That's great. There's a and there's a good recipe for potato gnocchi on our PEI potato website. If anybody's interested. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Well, well, thanks very much for taking a few minutes to talk to me, Emily, and uh, we'll be interested to see how uh, the Willow um, project continues to evolve with the East Prince group here in the next few years and, and uh, as well as uh, continued involvement uh, on uh, the Living Labs communications. Yeah, I, I, I don't think I mentioned, but uh, I am a Native Islander. Uh, I grew up in Kensington and, and I'm, uh, yeah, I'm very excited to be happy to be back here working on the Willow projects and some future agroforestry initiatives for East Prince. Fantastic. Have a great uh, rest of the week. Thanks, Ryan. <laughs>